this right here could be the biggest moment of his career. Is it his time? Yes! Mel Watson is wearing a green jacket at Augusta. There's no doubt about it. The bear has come out of hibernation. All right, here we go. FedEx Cup playoffs week one is here as the top 70 golfers on the PGA Tours money list moves on to the playoffs this week. The top 70 will play the FedEx St. Jude Championship at TPC Southwind in Memphis. And then the top 50 will move on to the BMW Championship at Olympia Fields up there in Illinois. And then the top 30 will advance to the Tour Championship at Eastlake. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Will Doctor, this is the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Welcome aboard as I give you the latest as far as PGA Tour picks are concerned. And what a conclusion uh, the regular season finale had, which was the Wyndham Championship at Sedgefield. The finish that you got at the Wyndham is what makes this part of the pro golf season so entertaining. Lucas Glover, you know, 43-year-old Lucas Glover, was not in the playoff picture prior to last week. Lucas Glover was 112 in the FedEx Cup standings. And, you know, Glover is a, he's a 43-year-old who has seen all of the ebbs and flows of professional golf over his 18-year career. He, you know, won a major at the 09 US Open. He has won multiple PGA Tour titles that span over two decades you know, his first win came all the way back at the 2005 Disney Classic, a tournament that's not even around anymore. So this is someone who's been around the PGA Tour for a long, long time. And, you know, please remind me of another sport where you can have a 43-year-old grinding to make the playoffs in the final week of the regular season. You could say, you know, Jamie Moyer, who was pitching gyms for the Phillies and, and the Mariners well into his 40s. You could mention the likes of Tom Brady and Brett Favre, who played well into their 40s. Roger Clemens had some great years for the Astros into his 40s. Venus Williams is still giving tennis a go into her 40s as she she played the Canadian Open this week, lost in the first round yesterday. But my point is this is not something you see that often, even in golf. Um, you know, Just think before Lucas Glover won at Sedgefield, we only had one PGA Tour winner on the season uh, who, who was over 40. That was Justin Rose back at Pebble Beach. And, you know, Glover's game was non-existent all, se all season long. He had missed 10 cuts this season entering the month of June, primarily due to the fact that he was battling a serious case of the putting yips. It, if you go down the line on the range at a PGA Tour event and ask players who the best ball striker they've ever seen is there's a good chance that Lucas Glover is in that conversation. But at the same time, if you asked players who the worst putter on the PGA tour is, uh, the same is true. Lucas Glover is also in that conversation. He's probably one of the worst putters. Um, you know, you've seen win since Jason Duffner at the 2013 PGA, nonetheless, you know, starting in June, Glover made the switch to the long putter that he saw Adam Scott have some success with. Scott went through some major putting struggles after the anchor was banned back in 2013. And since, you know, Glover could not make a putt out of a paper bag, he figured, you know, why not give the long putter a shot? And, you know, since June, since Glover's fourth place finish 
at the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit, he started to make enough putts where he could take advantage of that pinpoint ball striking. The week before in Minnesota, uh, Glover had missed the cut, but he had obviously held on to the confidence that he had gained in Detroit, in Silvis, and in Lake Tahoe as he top tend uh, in each of those events prior to missing the cut at the 3M. And, you know, Glover was just simply outstanding at Sedgefield all around. Those middle two rounds, which produced a 64 and a 62, were incredible. He putted the the lights out on a golf course, uh, you know, that has slopey, undulated Bermuda grass services, which is maybe the toughest gra- grass type for a putter with the yips to perform on. And you know, the emotion that you could feel from the entire Glover family on the 72nd green was sensational. His kids were in tears and, you know, Glover's parents were on property to watch their son win his fifth PGA tour event. We knew that this is a family who puts a ton of pressure on Lucas to perform at the highest level. If you remember back at the 2018 players, the police were called like by Glover's residence as there was an altercation between Glover's wife Krista and his mother Hershey this was a this was a dispute that started after Glover shot 78 um on Friday at the 18 players missed the cut and then proceeded to go home to hear his wife call him a loser and you know clawed his arms repetitively and you know even Glover's mom was involved in the physical altercation to some extent and this was just a huge mess for Lucas Glover. I mean, you know, it depends on the player that you ask, but I'm sure at times if you have a wife that um, is going to call you a loser or give you any kind of shit after a bad round, you know, that could provide some some extra incentive, but phys- physical altercations, I mean, my god, you know, at that point in time, yes, it had been uh, you know, it had been seven years since Glover's last win at the 2011 Wells Fargo. And being that he's a former major champion, a former Clemson standout, the expectations uh, set by his wife were were obviously very lofty. And, and that week, I'm sorry, as a 2019 players, not 2018, things really spiraled out of control for the Glovers, which, you know, it was surprising considering the fact that it wasn't like Glover was playing bad. He had 15 top 25 finishes in 25 starts in 2019, but obviously that was not enough. And, you know, the pressure mounted on Glover in 2019 following that incident, you know, with his wife and really the entirety of his family. Um, you know, it, to me, it's truly amazing how they could remain together, Lucas and Krista, after a situation like that. I mean, there were scratches and bruises on Lucas's arms. You know, Lucas's mom was all beat up with the scratches and whatnot. I mean, what a mess. The fact that they stayed together after all that, the fact that all the charges were dropped against her. She didn't even have to attend AA, even though she was all boozed up at the time of the incident. And, you know, the Glovers remained together. So, there you have it. The fact is, just a few years later, Glover, he snapped out of that wind drought. He finally broke through again on the PGA Tour in 2021 at the John Deere Classic, which was the site of his fourth PGA Tour victory. And then last week, he did it again in really such humbling fashion at Sedgefield. So Glover moves from 112 on the FedEx Cup money list all the way to 49th 
And, you know, this is what the PGA Tour playoff system is all about. At the Wyndham, it's about who can make the top 70 and advance to the playoffs. This week in Memphis, players will try to, will try to get uh, inside that top 50 number, which is absolutely huge. And then next week in Illinois, you'll have 50 guys trying to cram into that top 30 number to go to Eastlake and have a chance at tens of millions of dollars. Now, let's dial in on this week, which is all about that top 50 number. You have high-profile names like Keith Mitchell, like Matt Kuchar, and like Hideki Matsuyama on the outside looking in as far as that top 50 number is concerned. So we'll keep an eye on some of those names today. And you know, speaking of Hideki, he was not one of our shining moments as far as the Wyndham card was concerned. We had Hideki. The top 20, that didn't hit. Sam Burns ended up finishing 14th. He was our winner last week. Um, nonetheless, another top 20 will help his Ryder Cup case. And the two big positives from last week was the fact that we were two for two in the matchups. JT Poston uh, took down Denny McCarthy with ease. Poston finished the week 12 under and McCarthy missed the cut. And then Cam Davis took down Aaron Rye as Cam Davis finished 12 under and Rye missed the cut. We'll target Davis again this week. So we have some good mojo flowing as far as the matchups are concerned. And one last thing regarding last week, we had the near miss with the Adam Scott 40 to one first round leader ticket. That looked very, very good. As Adam Scott posted five under early on Thursday, but then you know Russell Henley unfortunately had other ideas as he came in with a with a seven under round later in the afternoon. You know Scott was in need of a huge week in order to have a chance at making the playoffs. Uh, that is why we targeted him in the first round. We knew he is prone to fast starts, being that he's tenth on the PGA Tour in first round scoring average. He had a, a very respectable start. With the with the 65, the 71 on Friday really killed him. He came back on the weekend with rounds of 69 and 63 to finish seventh, but the the seventh place finish was not enough for Scott to vault him into the top 70 on the money list, which means Adam Scott's season is unfortunately over. A couple other names that will not head to the playoffs: Shane Lowry, see a former Open champion. He his season's over. Um, he'll look to prepare for the Ryder Cup, where he is in the top 12 on the European standings. He also has, Shane Lowry has the end of the DP World Tour season to go finish. So he'll look to gain some positive vibes over there before the Ryder Cup. Justin Suh, a promising second-year PGA Tour pro, uh, first year actually, sorry, won the Corn Ferry Tour Finals last year, made his debut this year. Uh, he'll miss the cut. Justin Thomas, obviously a huge name that missed the cut or missed the the playoffs. Michael Kim, uh, despite a top 10 finish last week at Sedgefield, missed the playoffs. And then two PGA Tour winners this year, Akshay Bhatti and Nico Bacheveria, did not do enough uh, to make the playoffs. Now, what was funny about Lucas Glover's win uh, combined with the 2024 schedule release that was um, that was dropped uh, was it was sometime last week, end of last week. The tour schedule was dropped. It was leaked by Golf Week and then confirmed by the PGA Tour on Monday. Now, after Lucas Glover's second or third round at the Wyndham, 
It was one of those days, forgetting exactly one day. But in one of his post-round pressers this week, Glover was speaking out against the PGA Tour, decreasing the number of players who make the playoff from 125 to 70. Glover was not happy about that and said he felt like if you finish top 125 on the PGA Tour after a 36-week season, you should definitely have a chance at the playoffs. That is not the case. It's it's the top 70 players that advance the playoffs. And really, the top 50 is where you need to be at the end of the year if you want to get into the eight signature events in 2024, as we found out uh, with the PGA Tours schedule announcement. Now, let's go through some of these details of what next season is going to look like. There's going to be 36 regular season tournaments. There will be eight signature events. They were called Elevated this year. They'll be now, now be called Signature. Those signature events will be the Century Tournament of Champions. Pebble Beach will now be a signature event. That's great news. Uh, the Genesis at Riviera Tigers event will be uh, the third signature event. The Arnold Palmer Invitational will be the fourth signature event. The RBC Heritage will stay um, at its elevated state. That will be the fifth signature event. The Wells Fargo will be the sixth. Jack Nicholas's tournament, the uh, Memorial will be the seventh. And then the Travelers will be the eighth uh, there at TPC River Highlands. All eight signature events will feature 70 to 80 man field. So we're getting some reduction there, which I don't like, but it is what it is with the elevated money. Only Tigers event. These are the events that will keep a cut. Tigers event, the Genesis, Bay Hill, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and Memorial will feature 36 hole cuts. 50 man and ties, similar to the cut system at the Masters. And of course, those three tournaments are keeping their cut because um, the three best players of all time, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, and Tiger Woods, they all know the importance of a cut at the halfway point of a golf tournament. It adds some entertainment on Friday. You know, when you have Justin Thomas on the cut line, when you have Tiger Woods on the cut line, like we saw at Riviera earlier this year, everyone's TVs are on. You get a monumental rise in viewers when you have a star player on the cut line on Friday. Now, we've talked about the other side of the coin here. You know, when you have guys like Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas miss a cut, um, you know, uh, Jeremy, the junior golfer, does not have the opportunity to go watch Justin Thomas um, and Jordan Spieth and John Rahm on the weekend. Similar to, you know, Frankie with a full-time job, he can't get to JT's Thursday morning round or Tiger Woods' uh, you know, 7:30 Friday round. You know, Frankie with a full-time job can't get to watch those guys on, on, on Thursday and Friday. So from the tour's perspective, if there's not a cut, then, you know, all the fans who are working or, or in school on Thursday and Friday have the opportunity to go watch those players on Saturday and Sunday. Now the other five signature events, the century pebble, um, RBC, Wells Fargo and travelers, they will not have cuts and the qualifications for those eight signature events, that will be comprised of the top 50 uh, players from the previous year's FedEx Cup, the top 10 performers in the current year's FedEx Cup standings. Uh, so like, let's say if Ludwig Aberg wins 
um, the American Express a couple weeks before Pebble. There, if he wins the American Express at Torrey Pines and shoots up into the top 10 on the FedEx Cup standings, he will get into the next elevated event, which would be Pebble. So the top 10 performers on the current FedEx Cup standings, also the top five uh, performers through the most recent swing of full field events and additional events will get into those those signature events. We'll talk about that in just a second, what that means. And then PGA Tour winners and PGA Tour members from the top 30 of the official world golf rankings uh, will get into those signature events. And you think back a couple minutes ago, the reason why I said the top 50 number is really key is because if you can finish in the top 50 at the end of the year, if you can make it to the BMW championship, if you can survive up until that point, that at least gets you into those eight signature events. Um, you know, the century, the the qualifications for the tournament of champions week one, that looks a little bit different. That'll feature all top 50 um, that, that will not only feature all top 50 players from the 2023 FedEx cup standings, but also every winner will get into that from the 2023 calendar year. will get into the century. So your, your Nico Abacha areas of the world, uh, your Akshay Bhatia's of the world, they will get into the century tournament of champions. Now, another notice as far as qualifications of these signature events is the fact that the top five performers, through the most recent swing of full field events, your your nor- and full field events. That's you know your your American Expresses, your Houston Opens, your Waste Management Phoenix Opens, the non signature events, and additional events like the Barbasol and Barracuda. They will qualify for the upcoming signature events. Now, I've looked over the schedule to figure out what this means. Besides the Arnold Palmer and the players, which is back to back weeks, there's about three or four full field events between each signature event that gives the Lucas Glovers of the world and the Sam Bennett's of the world a fighting chance to get into these signature events, um, you know, in between in those three or four events in between each signature event. So like, what, what do you say? Uh, if Sam Bennett qualifies for the waste management Phoenix open um, and top five finishes it that week. He will get into the Genesis and the AP invitational based off good results at those in-between events, such as, you know, the fuller field events with the cut, um, you know, like the Shriners in Vegas, like the Myrtle beach classic, which is a new tournament. If, if, you know, these uh, higher ranked players, can manage to top 10 or top five in those events that will give them the opportunity to qualify for these signature events. So that's the point. There's opportunities for the players who are outside of the top 50 to get into those events. That's very, very important. It also gives the Scotty Schefflers and the Patrick Canleys of the world more time to rest in between the signature events and major championship play. It also gives, as John Rom pointed this out yesterday, it gives the John Roms and the Roy McIlroys of the world uh, more time to play on the DP World Tour, f- fulfill those obligations over in Europe in between their PGA Tour schedule. So a lot of positives as far as the regular season is concerned for next year. Now, the categories for PGA Tour membership, this is important to know. The top 50 through the playoffs 
will be fully exempt for 2024, including getting into all these signature events. We discussed that. The top 70 through the playoffs, which is all the players in the field this week at the St. Jude, will be exempt into the full field events and the players. They are not exempt into the signature events yet. The top 70 are, are now exempt to all of the full field events. I think it's 30. No, no, no. It's 29 of them. All 29 full field events and the players. And the same goes for the top 125. They will be exempt into all full field events and the players for next year. Now, players ranked between 126 and 150. Your Cody Gribbles of the world, your... Uh, who else do we have on here? Who is notable that finished outside of 126 this year? Didn't prepare for this part. Let me pull up some names here. Okay, your Cody Gribbles of the world, your Scott Stallings of the world, uh, Kramer Hickok, Cameron Champ, former PGA Tour winner. Yeah, there's Cody Gribble, 142. Uh, Lutvig Aberg. It is 145, Lucas Herbert, 148, Zach Johnson, 150. Those players will have the fall to try to earn their status back. They the, the, the players in between 126 and 150 will only be exempt through the fall series. They will have the fall to then try to win and get some status back for the spring. Now, as far as the top developmental tour players and the top DP world tour players is concerned. The top 10 on year in year out of the DP world tours money list. will get into all full field events for the next year on the PGA tour. The top 30 players on the corn Ferry tour money list will get into all 2024 PGA tour events and the top five and ties at Q school will be fully exempt into all full field 2024 PGA Tour events. So two changes here. Uh, as far as the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, you saw 40 players in total uh, get through in prior years to the PGA Tour. Basically, it would be the top 20 on the end of the season Corn Ferry Tour standings would get their tour cards. And then the top 20 of the Corn Ferry Tour finals would also get their tour cards. That has been... Uh, shrunken by 10 cards. Now it'll just be at the end of the Corn Ferry Tour season, the top 30 will go to the PGA Tour. And then obviously the Q School component adds a very fun element to Q School because the last 10 years, Q School has only given cards to Corn Ferry Tour and none as a straight route straight to the PGA Tour. Now the top five and ties in Q School will get to the PGA Tour. I'm hoping that um, is on TV because you talk about some blood, sweat, and tears. You can, you know, one shot can be the difference between getting the PGA Tour and not having a job the next year. That is the element of excitement when it comes to Q School. All right, one last note on the schedule. Three new venues. I'll I'll move through this quickly. I know everyone's ready to get the picks. Three new venues next year. The BMW Championship will be at Castle Pines in Colorado. It's about 25 miles south of Denver. That is a Jack Nich Nicholas design that hosted the International, which was the PGA Tour Stableford. Castle Pines was the host of the International between 86 and 2006. That's number one. Number two, the Myrtle Beach Classic is a new tournament on the schedule that'll take place between May 6th and May 12th of next year. It'll be a 300 point event. 
That is a Robert Trent Jones design there at the Dunes and Golf Beach Club. Um, this was a golf course that hosted the Champions Tour Championship between 1994 and 1999. It was also the site that uh, mass, two-time Masters champion, three-time NCA winner, Ben Crenshaw got through final stage of Q school in 1973 at the dunes and golf beach club. So some fun history there. The tour uh, will be at Myrtle beach for the first time in its history. That's number two. And then sometime in the fall of 25, I get that right. Sorry. Fall of 24, the tour will return to Utah for the first time in 60 years, where it will host the black desert classic there at Black Desert Resort. Once again, that's not this fall. That'll be next fall, fall of 2024. So you've got Colorado, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and Utah joining the uh, new communities um, on the PGA Tour. That is the uh, 2024 schedule notes. We now move to a Ryder Cup update before we get to the picks. As far as the Ryder Cup is concerned, uh, let's go through the top 12 through the Wyndham Championship. You have your top six, your guarantees as of this point for Team USA is Scotty Scheffler, the U.S. Open champion Wyndham Clark, Open champion Brian Harmon, PGA champion Brooks Kepka, and then five and six is Xander Schauffele and Patrick Cantlay. Your captain's picks as of right now. 7 through 12 on the standings. Your captain's picks for Zach Johnson's American team would be number 7 would be Max Homa. Number 8 would be Cam Young. Number 9 would be Jordan Spieth. Number 10 would be Keegan Bradley. Number 11 would be Colin Morikawa. And number 12 would be Sam Burns. Now on the outside looking in for the Americans, you have Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, who is out of golf for the year. Tony Finau, and now you have to think about Bryson DeChambeau as someone on the mind of Zach Johnson after DeChambeau totally blew out the field at Liv Greenbrier. Final round set or final round 58 was something out of a movie there in Virginia for DeChambeau. Uh, so now with Liv having four events left on the schedule, uh, Zach Johnson's going to have to monitor the progress of Bryson DeChambeau. Um, moving forward for the Americans didn't have much of a major championship season. Definitely didn't have the major championship season that Patrick Reed had, but with, you know, Justin Thomas out of golf and Bryson DeChambeau having four events left on his season, uh, that is something to watch as far as the Americans is concerned. Now here's team Europe up to, uh, up through the Wyndham championship, as far as the Ryder cup world points are concerned, not the European points, but the world points. This is the true, uh, list as far as what Luke Donald is looking at. Number one, master's champion, John Rahm. Number two, Rory McIlroy. Number three, Victor Hall, who won the mobile earlier this year. Number four is Tyrell Hatton. Number five is Tommy Fleetwood. Number six is last year's U.S. Open champion, Matthew Fitzpatrick. As far as what those captain's picks will look like as of right now for Luke Donald, number seven would be Sepp Straka, big winner at the John Deere Classic. Number eight would be Shane Lowry, whose season is over after missing the playoffs. Number nine, trusty veteran Justin Rose. Number 10, the heartbreak story out of the Scottish Open and Robert McIntyre, who we, we almost hit at 100 to 1. 
Uh, 11 would be Adrian Moronic, who has had a very solid European tour season. And number 12 would be Alex Noren. Now, Luke Donald really, you know, the advantage that Luke Donald has is he doesn't really have, he, you know, his team is pretty much set. I mean, you've got Seamus Power and Thomas Dietrich on the outside looking in, but Luke Donald has a very good idea of, of, of what his team is going to look like here in about four weeks. And that is exactly why, you know, if I were to bet it right now, I would like the Europeans at plus 165 on DraftKings Sportsbook. We won't lock anything in for a couple weeks. Uh, but as of right now, if both captains were to take their top 12 to Rome, I would like the Europeans. And the reason is because Zach Johnson would have to take Brian Harmon and Keegan Bradley over the likes of, of Justin Thomas and, and Tony Finau and maybe even a Bryson DeChambeau. Now, just think about it for a second. Would you rather have Brian Harmon and Keegan Bradley on your team? Or would you rather have Justin Thomas and Tony Finau? Or would you rather have Ricky Fowler and Bryson DeChambeau? I'd rather have JT, Finau, DeChambeau, and Ricky Fowler, any one of those two, all with great Ryder Cup experiences. I would much rather have two of those five over Brian Harmon and Keegan Bradley. And Harmon will ultimately have to go because he's the open champion. But let me tell you the fact that Zach Johnson is required to take Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon is a and Keegan Bradley is a glaring weakness for the Americans. Bradley's number 10, you know, he 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 you know, he is a captain's pick. You could leave him off. But very tough case there with a couple wins in the last 5 months for Keegan. Uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a tough 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 decision making process for Zach Johnson. So the next 3 weeks is absolutely massive. It is it is it is crucial. It's absolutely critical for the Americans that Tony Finau and Ricky Fowler and Sam Burns all have success over the next three weeks. And we'll see where Bryson goes from here as far as live golf. Still four events on that schedule. What if Bryson notches two more wins? What if Patrick Reed wins wins a couple events here over the next four weeks on live golf? These are the major questions that if they come to life, Bryson wins two of the next four live events. If Patrick Reed wins a live event to end the season, these are the things that could really shake up the American Ryder Cup team over the next three weeks. All right, let's get to the FedEx St. Jude Championship picks. The order of today will go as followed. We will start with the top six favorites on the odds list. Then we will do four matchups and two picks to place. I'll give you two winners for this week, and then we'll wrap things up with a sleeper, a lineup, a scoring prediction, and then finally a, a first-round leader and a best bet. All right, this is the Golf Preview Podcast. Let's get it started here with Scotty Scheffler at plus 650 on MGM and Bet Online. Scheffler took two weeks off after the Open Championship as there was absolutely no point and him playing the 3M in the Wyndham with how well he's played this season. He's second on the money list behind John Rahm heading into the playoffs. Scheffler had an excellent summer with seven consecutive top five finishes heading into the Open, and then he finished 23rd at Royal Liverpool. 
he putted very average over that stretch of top fives and 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 at the open. And you're looking at someone who who you know without the putting struggles probably would have won six PGA Tour events this season. Of course, he won the Players and he won the Phoenix Open, which any pro will take over the course of a season. But the putter is what has really held him back from a Tiger esque year. But you know, Scheffler is in you know he's in a perfect position to capture a FedEx Cup title. You know, he has three tournaments to catch John Rahm and Scheffler has a, you know, a solid resume at all three of these playoff golf courses. So expect him to be, you know, right there at Southwind, right there at Olympia Fields and obviously in the mix at Eastlake. You know, Scheffler did miss the cut at Southwind last year, but he top 15 to here in 2020 and 21. So he's seen plenty of good play in Memphis over the years. I'm not going to play Scheffler this week based off pricing. Um, I won't have, you know, I won't have this one, but if you love Scheffler this week, if you have to have him on your card, then the ticket to play is Scheffler to finish his top American at plus 400. I, I like Finau more as, um, as, as the Americans are concerned this week, Burns is also going to have a solid week and we will get to those two. But if you're a, if you're a stand for Scheffler, then plus 400 is the price to play him as the top American over at DraftKings. So uh, that's that's the situation on Scheffler. We move to uh, John Rahm at plus 900 on MGM Bet Online. And the first thing that came to mind when I saw the odds for this week was that John Rahm's price is incorrect. He should be more in that 12 to 1 range. And I think it is you know shocking that he's favored over Rory. Uh, in this golf tournament, according to these garbage sports books, you know, and basically bet online is telling you this week that John Rahm has a better chance of winning than Roy McIlroy. But then they also want to tell you in their matchups uh, that that Rahm versus Rory is even money this week. Now, I know the price ups, the prices of matchups is more largely determined by futures odds. But if you are bet online, you cannot give me Rom at nine to one and then Rory at ten to one, but then tell me that they're even money as far as head-to-head matchups are concerned. That I, I will not stand for. So I'm out on Rom this week. I understand he finished fifth last year, and based on what we saw at the open, where he finished second, we saw that he really picked up some confidence with the putter around Liverpool. But you know the price for Rom this week is all jacked up, and 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 so we're out on the FedEx Cup money list leader uh, this week, and that brings us to Rory. Uh, Rory McIlroy he opened at ten to one odds um, at Bet Online, and you know this is the correct price for Rory. I was expecting to see Rory as the dog against Rom in the matchups at Bet Online, in which case I would have been all aboard. Uh, being that Rory is playing great golf at the moment and playing better golf than Rahm is, as far as the the last month and last month and a half is concerned. Now, you know, Rory won the Scottish Open two starts ago and has not finished worse than ninth in his last seven events. Rahm has not shown that level of consistency over the summer, but he does have credible results at Southwind, just as Rory does. But the fact is. Bet online is giving us that matchup at even money, which, as I told you, I disagree with based on their outright numbers. Give me Rory as the dog if you're going to put Rom above him in the outrights. That, that that's the bottom line. And then, and then another garbage sports book in Bovada 
Bavada is giving us Rory as the minus 120 favorite against Raman matchups. And Bavada is also frauds for doing this because they have Raman eight to one to win and then Rory at nine to one to win. I mean, what is that? So, you know, we're out on Rory this week. I'm also not crazy about the fact that Rory is making his third putting change of the year this week. This is someone who's picked up shots with the putter in each of his last seven events. I, you know, and, and now he's switching putters He's on his third putter of the year uh, in the first week of the playoffs. You know, I guess you could make the case that he's putting something different in the bag for Bermuda greens, but you know, to putt as well as he did at the PGA at the U S open, you win the Scottish open and putt well again at the open. And, and then to switch putters after that is something that I cannot understand. Um, you know, putting, you know, Rory putting, putting was not the reason that he failed to close uh, a few more events on Sunday over the last, uh, over the last two months. It was the distance wedge game that's really haunted him. So I really can't make out a good reason why Rory, uh, you know, would put a new putter in the bag this week. I know he has not putted well in his last three starts in Memphis, but man, if you're Rory and you look at the last seven events on the greens, uh, you have to be thrilled with the progress that you're making. I don't know how anyone on his team, Graham Faxton, how do you approve of these changes? Um, you know, I, I, but that that's what's happening. Rory will use a different putter for the third time this year, um, according to Golf Digest. So, you know, the real bottom line here is they'll forget the putting. The books don't want to give us a fair number on Rom or Rory this week. They're banking on Barney at the bar just to throw blind money at this. And that's a okay with me. I don't think either one of them win anyway. So um, I would have loved to have a situation to bet Rory uh, as a dog over Rom, but that is not the case. So we'll see how these, how how this week pans out for for number two and number three in the world, and reevaluate this next, uh, reevaluate next week at the BMW Championship. Uh, we're on to Patrick Cantlay at sixteen to one on bet online and MGM and Cantlay, you know, he's never made enough putts on the, on Bermuda surfaces at TPC Southwind to ever contend on this golf course is why I am out on world number four this week. It's not like he's been a killer on the greens this summer. It's been the primary aspect that, you know, he, 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 he has not uh, been in the winner circle at all this year. The, the putting numbers, um, you know, they don't get any better for Canley when he steps on Bermuda greens. So I am out on Patrick Canley at Southwind. Next will be Xander Shoffley at 20 to one on bet online. And, you know, while Xander, you know, like Cantley is winless this year, Xander has put together a very solid season. He's coming, um, you know, he he's coming in here off a 17th place finish at the open where we did have him to win. Um, and had he made a couple more putts at Liverpool, he would have had a better chance to do so. Uh, Xander, he he's played he's played okay through the years at Southwind sixth back in 2020, but other than that, he hasn't had too much success over the weekends in Memphis. But you know, at the very least, at least Xander has showed us that he is a top 15 machine this year. He's shown us that he is fully capable of contending at any golf course, no matter the surfaces, no matter the distance, which is why my first ticket of the week will be Xander Shoffley over Patrick Canley at even money on bet online 
so we'll move forward with the matchups in a second. But first, I think it's important to give you my feel on the sixth favorite, which is Victor Hovland. ton of people are crazy about this guy this week. Victor Hovland opens at 22 to 1 on Bet Online. I think it's important for you to know that this is not the golf course to get back on the Victor Hovland train. I preach all year long about how far Hovland has come with the chipping. You know, he's seventh on the money list. It's been a season to be proud of. If you're in Victor Hovland's camp, one to hero, one Jack's one, one, one at Jack's place in Memorial. And, and he's had some very promising results in major championships this season. But when you look at Victor's last three starts at the travelers at the Scottish and at the open, he's lost shots with the chipping in two of those three tournaments. And for that, to be the mojo um, he's had with the chipping coming into a tournament that features, you know, two and a half inch Bermuda rough and Bermuda greens. It's really just impossible to like him this week. I mean, he finished 20th here last year, but he was never really in the mix to win. And other than finishing 20th in Memphis last year, um, he's never really had any other promising results on this golf course. So I'm out on Victor Hovland this week. Um, I will also, fade him with Xander Shoffle and and that ticket will be Xander Shoffle over Victor Hovland at even money on bet 365. So as we move into matchups here, let's review uh, our first two. It's Xander Shoffle over Patrick Cantlay at even money on bet online and then Xander Shoffle over Victor Hovland at even money on bet 365. And one last note on Xander Shoffle. I love where Shoffley is in the FedEx Cup standings going into the playoffs. He's number 16, which is, you know, well secured to make it to Eastlake. But in order to have a chance at the FedEx Cup title, uh, Xander's in dire need of a couple top five finishes over the next two weeks. I think out of the six favorites we discussed, there is no one that needs to make a move um, up the money list as much as Xander Shoffley. So, the first two matchups, um, Xander Shoffley over Patrick Canley at even money on Bet Online, and Xander Shoffley over Victor Hovland at even money on Bet365. All right, let's keep it rolling with two more matchups. We're going to go with Lucas Glover over Lee Hodges at even money on DraftKings. Now, th- this had some potential to be the best bet of the week. It, it was in that conf- it was in that conversation, um, you know, in my head there as I as I chose. Uh, my best bet for the week. It will not be the best bet, but uh, you know, Lucas Glover is in a totally different echelon than Lee Hodges. I mean, I understand Hodges won two weeks ago in Minnesota, but th- this is this is what th- what you're seeing here with this matchup is out of control recency biased. Hodges is a a second year tour pro who came alive one week this year to beat an average field. Um, you know, out there in Minnesota, Lucas Glover, on the other hand, he's a major champion. He's a five-time PGA Tour winner who, you know, has obviously found something over the last five to six weeks with that new long putter. And you have to understand that that TPC Southwind is a ball strikers course, a type of golf course where Lucas Glover is con- is going to continue to thrive in. And, you know, when you look at the type of ball striker Lee Hodges has been over the last two years on the PGA Tour, I would call it average and nowhere near as consistent as Lucas Glover. So the third matchup will be Lucas Glover over Lee Hodges at even money on DraftKings. And 
my final matchup is going to be Tony Finau over Jordan Spieth at plus 105 at Caesars. And listen, I'm going to tell you all about why we love Tony Finau here in a second. I know we played Tony Finau at the open where he missed the cut, but you have to love the positive seventh place finish he's coming off of at the 3M. So we'll get to more on Finau. But, you know, you take a look at Jordan Spieth's game for a second. There's so many aspects of Spieth's game that you have to worry about at TPC Southwind. Two in particular. Number one, his driving accuracy is below average. And number two, his putting has been abysmal. Um, you know, the, the, the Spieth, obviously, as you know, and as I know, one of my favorite players out there has been one of my favorite players since I was 14 years old. But, you know, he's got absolutely nothing going into the playoffs I really, you know, unless he can create some magic at Olympia Fields next week, I don't see this. I don't see Spieth as a player um, who, who who is going to make it to Eastlake at this point in the season unless he he really pulls something um, out of the hat here. Um, obviously, his Ryder Cup position is probably secured. Um, he, he's up there in the upper numbers of the captain's pick, so he should be solidified. But as far as this week, I mean, Spieth, at FedEx St. Jude in Memphis, a place he struggled at in the past, I really don't like him this week. So it's going to be Tony Finau over Jordan Speed plus 105 for the final matchup of the week. We move into our picks to place for the action in Memphis. Number one is going to be Tommy Fleetwood to top 10 at plus 250. Um, on Bet Online or at Best Bet365, both have it at plus 250 and Fleetwood is someone who has shown a lot of consistency in masterclass over the last five events, second in Canada, six at the Scottish, and he has not finished worse than 18th in the last three majors of the year. I was very impressed with the way that he handled the environment of the open championship at Liverpool, considering all the, you know, the hometown hype he had around him. 10th was a, a very respectable finish there as Brian Harmon ran away with it. Fleetwood was paired up with, with Harmon in those last two rounds and just couldn't keep up with, with the, the gritty American. Um, and Fleetwood is in a similar position to Xander Shoffley and understand why I say that Fleetwood is 26 in the FedEx cup standings, which means he still needs two solid events to get into Eastlake. And I believe Fleetwood is one of the few players that has um, an incredible amount of incentive to capitalize on good recent play. You know, once again, Fleetwood is probably the most elite European talent to have not won on Europe on 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 U.S. soil. Uh, and I'm not saying he's going to win this week, but the fact is, Fleetwood is 28th and and on tour and approach, and he's seventh around the greens. So you know, you can trust his short game in these brutal Bermuda grass conditions. And then he's 19th on tour on the greens. So Fleetwood is also making a ton of putts at the moment. So much to love about Fleetwood's game right now. So the first pick to place is going to be Tommy Fleetwood to top 10 at plus 250 on Bet Online and Bet365. And for pick to place number two, I'm going to go you know right back to the well with Sam Burns to top 10 at plus 120 on FanDuel. I understand we took Sam Burns to win last week. I understand that didn't happen, but he still finished 14th in what was his second top 20 in his last three starts, you know, um, you know, Burns, he's played very well in Memphis over the years, second and 20th in his last two starts at TPC Southwind. So he knows how to get the ball around this place. He definitely knows 
how to to play on these Bermuda surfaces that he grew up um, in Louisiana, which exclusively has that 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 uh, saltwater uh, Bermuda grass, even stickier than the the grass you'll see this week at Southwind. But what we wanted to see, uh, you know, at Wyndham for for Burns was good iron play, which was the aspect of his game where he's usually been rock solid, but hasn't been as good there this year. But based on what we saw at Sedgefield, Burns, you know, he feels confident with the iron play, and you know, and 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 on top of the good ball striking, the fact that he is comfortable on these surfaces makes Sam Burns very appealing this week. So Sam Burns, the top 10 at plus 120 on FanDuel, will be our last pick to place. Let's move along to the winners for the St. Jude. Number one, uh, we I have two for you this week. Number one is going to be Tony Finau to win at 40-1 to one at Caesars. Now, Finau did not rebound with the putter at the Open Championship like we hoped for. He missed a cut in which was, you know, in what was a, a brutal week with the irons and a brutal week with the putter. He was a victim of the bad draw, as we saw, um, you know, with, with the weather, you know, at the British Open, he was on the bad side of that draw. But the good news is Tony finally had the rebound that we wanted to see just a week later at the 3M Open. Tony had a fantastic week en route to trying to defend his title in Minnesota. He finished seventh there at TPC Twin Cities, and he picked up shots uh, with the putter, he picked up shots with the iron play, and he picked up shots off the tee. So I am confident that TPC Southwind is the spot to target Tony's seventh PGA Tour victory. It would be his third of the wraparound season. Remember, he won in Houston and he won in Mexico. But even more importantly, Tony Finau is still he's still not signed, sealed, and delivered as far as the Ryder Cup is concerned. You know, uh, Finau during his you know, six tournament midsummer slump there has fallen all the way down to 19th on the American Ryder Cup standings. And, you know, after the calendar year that he's had, which includes four wins, Tony Finau is a player who deserves to be on that team. But the fact is, he is one of these players who will have to prove it to Zach Johnson um, over the next three weeks. That is number one as far as motivation for Finau. Number two, despite the struggles, Finau is still 10th. On the FedEx Cup standings, that is a position right now where with a win and a good finish at Eastlake in two weeks, Tony Finau is someone who who still has a chance at the FedEx Cup title. So between the fact that he showed very positive signs with his game last week at Sedgefield, mixed with the fact that there's still a ton of incentive there on the line for Finau with these, in these last three weeks of the year, color me obsessed with Tony Finau to win this week at 40 to one over on Cedars at, at Caesars. That's, that's number one. Number two for outrights is going to be Cam Davis at 90 to one on bet online. Now, my second winner here is a little bit more of a horse, but nonetheless, Cam Davis is playing exceptionally good golf at the moment. He comes into TPC Southwind off back-to-back top 10 finishes at the 3M and at the Wyndham. This is an Aussie who is familiar with this type of firm Bermuda surfaces, as he showed us last year en route to finishing 13th at this event at the St. Jude. And Cam Davis is also someone that has proven to us at 28 years old that he can win on the PGA Tour. He did it two years ago in Detroit. He knows how to close on the PGA Tour. And I know this is a you know a star a star-studded field, and a lot of people are going to tell you that you know a player like Cam Davis can't win this week. 
But, you know, this is a guy who's ninth in driving right now. He's hitting every fairway that he looks at. And if he can can continue hitting his irons and putting it the way he has over the last two weeks, I expect him to have a chance on Sunday. So outright number two is going to be Cam Davis at 90 to one on Bet Online. All right, let's move along to the sleeper for this week. It's going to be Harris English to top 10 at plus 650 on FanDuel now. Harris English has had a long, long road back from the hip injury that took him out of the game last season. He had sparks of his past brilliance scattered throughout the year, second at Bay Hill, third at Wells Fargo, and eighth at the U.S. Open. So despite a slow comeback, Harris English has had some important top 10 finishes and some major events this year. Obviously, the U.S. Open is a major, and then Bay Hill and the Wells Fargo are both elevated, a.k.a. Signature, as we'll know them in 2024. So finishes like that are what kept English's season alive. But there's two main reasons why we love Harris English this week as our sleeper. Number one, his approach numbers and his putting numbers were exactly where we wanted them last week at Sedgefield. He hit... Um, a few more fairways. If he had, he hit a few more fairways at Sedgefield and he would have been in contention on Sunday. Instead, he finished 33rd. And number two, Harris English finished fourth two years ago at this very golf tournament. Remember, he didn't play last year because of the hip injury. So his last start here came in 2021 and he nearly won the golf tournament, but ended up getting beat by one. Uh, by Abraham Answer. Actually missed a playoff with Answer, Hideki, and Sam Burns. So the bottom line is English has had a ton of success in Memphis. I think he's a perfect sleeper for the week. It's going to be Harris English, the top 10 at plus 650 on FanDuel. Our scoring prediction for this week, I'm going to say 18 under par. You know, the temperature, um, you know, this is probably going to be the hottest tournament of the season so far. Highs of 94, lows of 75 in Memphis this week. Um, you might see hotter conditions at East Lake in a couple weeks there in Atlanta. But nonetheless, um, hot weather means the ball will be flying further than normal. And I think scores will be relatively low. Memphis is going to get some rain there on Wednesday. So look for the course to, to soften up a touch which will you know make scoring conditions even better. And I think 18 under par wins the uh, the St. Jude Championship this week. So 18 under par is the winning number. Let's move to the lineup for this week. Number one is going to be Tony Finau. Number two is Tom Kim, who we're going to talk about uh, uh, as far as the best bet is concerned in just a moment. Number three is Sepp Straka, who is coming off a miscut at the Wyndham, but with TPC Southland being a ball striker's paradise. I'm putting Straka in my lineup based on the the success he's had on similar courses over the years. Uh, PGA National side of the uh, Honda Classic is a course that really comes to mind, which was the side of uh, Straka's first PGA Tour victory a couple of years ago. Number four is going to be Cam Davis, who comes to Memphis off back-to-back top 10 finishes. He's currently 62nd on the FedEx Cup standings, which is even a bigger reason to bet him to win this week. He needs a top finish. Um, or else his season is over. Number five is going to be Lucas Glover, uh, who I don't think is going away anytime soon. As I've preached today, TPC Southwind is a ball striker's paradise, and I look for Glover, one of the best ball strikers of all time, to keep it going in Memphis. And number six will be Byung-Hun An, who recorded a pair of top five finishes in his last three starts. 
This is another player who spent his teenage teenage years in Florida at IMG Academy, so he knows how to play this wiry Bermuda grass. Uh, one of his other Corn Ferry Tour wins came at Lakewood Ranch in Florida, so he's he, he's he's uh, acquired victories on Bermuda grass and been on also finished twelfth back at the St. Jude in two thousand twenty. So he knows how to play this golf course. So. Number one is Tony Finau. Number two is Tom Kim. Number three is Sepp Straka. Number four is Cam Davis. Number five is Lucas Glover. And number six is Ben On. As far as the first round leader is concerned for this week, uh, it's gonna. I'm, I'm rolling with Harris English. It's Harris English at 50 to one on DraftKings. And the reason I love this so much is because the last time Harris English played the St. Jude was two years ago. And he was the... First round leader after shooting 62 on that Thursday. This year, uh, English is ranked 67th as far as first round scoring. But you look at his results over the course of the year. He's gotten off to some very hot starts. He opened Mayakoba with a 64. He shot 65 in the opening round at the Sony there at Wiley. Uh, in the first round at Tigers tournament there at the Genesis, he shot 66. Uh, he shot 64 on Thursday in New Orleans. He shot 65 in the opening round of Colonial, and he got off to a hot start at the U.S. Open there at LACC as he shot a 67 on Thursday there at the U.S. Open. So that's a pretty large sample size of great opening rounds, and that's why I'm confident in Harris English being our first-round leader this week. It's Harris English at 50-1 to 1 to lead the first round at DraftKings Sportsbook. Our best bet for the week is going to be Tom Kim. To finish atop the South Korean leaderboard at plus 175 on DraftKings. And, you know, starting with Tom Kim, Tom Kim is back in the saddle after two top 10 finishes at the Scottish Open and at the Open Championship. Kim has struggled for, you know, parts of the spring after notching his second PGA Tour victory in the fall at Vegas. But this is the time of year that Tom Kim starts to turn on the Jets. Remember, he finished 13th in Memphis last year. So, and that was right after he won the Wyndham Championship. So I think between course history and the fact that he is playing well over his last eight rounds, I think he is the best South Korean pick by a mile. When you look at the players that he'll have to beat this week, Sung J.M. has been wildly inconsistent over the last two months. Siwoo Kim has not finished better than 39th in, in, in his last four starts. And the only guy that you really have to worry about is Ben On. I think a top 20 for Ben On this week is realistic, but not as realistic as the chance of Tom the Tank Engine Kim having a chance to win on Sunday. So my best bet for this week is going to be Tom Kim to finish atop the South Korean leaderboard at plus 175 on DraftKings Sportsbook. That will do it here on week one of the FedEx Cup playoffs on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Will Doctor. For any questions, you can find me on Twitter at DRMedia59, and we'll talk next week ahead of the BMW Championship at Olympia Fields.